Welcome to another episode of the Well Told Story Insights Podcast. I'm producer Steph. Well Told Story creates social and economic value in Africa, harnessing the power of research, media, and strategic communications. You'll find all of our previous podcast episodes, along with blog posts, research, videos, and more on our website, welltoldstory.co.ke. In this episode, Nabila from Wellmade Strategy talks to Kemunto about the relevance of the internet to the youth in rural Kenya. Welcome to Well Told Stories Insights Podcast. I'm Nabila Alibai, Senior Associate at Wellmade Strategy here in Nairobi, Kenya at the Well Told Story Recording Studio. With me today is Evelyn Kamunto education and communications researcher. Today we're going to be talking about internet connectivity and what that means for socioeconomic development. There's a belief that access to the internet immediately opens up opportunity for socioeconomic development. We're here to talk about whether that's true across the country. Evelyn has just come back from talking to young people in rural areas around Kenya about their experience with the internet. Evelyn, tell me a little bit about your objectives going into this research. Thank you, Nabila. We are back from northern part of Kenya to actually understand young people in that area and how they experience, use, and their expectations of the internet. Specifically, we visited uh, Laikipia County, Meru County, in Nyeri counties. So and you're a pro at this methodology that Well Told Stories uses called ground truthing. And I understand you use the same methodology for this research. Uh, tell me what that looks like. So ground truth is an exploratory process through which we actually immerse ourselves in the world of the target audience in order to understand their experience in that particular area, for instance, in this case, we actually live in the, put ourselves in the shoes of the young people in those uh, rural areas and how they experience internet. I mean, what is their first experience with a f- smartphone? How did they get this, the smartphone? And we kind of relive their life and let them tell us their story. And all in essence is to really understand how does this particular phenomenon happen in their world? So what did you find was their experience of the internet? I mean, we found that the experience of young people is very much influenced by the constraints that they face in their analog life. And here we are speaking of limited opportunity, educational limitations, financial resources, access to networks or communities and limited social or cultural capital. And these have a large implication on on how the young people experience, use, and have or hold expectations of the internet. I'll give you a practical example. For instance, if you are a rural girl, say from Nanuki, who has dropped out in form two, that means you're about 15 years old, and you are maybe a farm laborer. In the first instance, 
you're not likely to be having you to be owning a phone which has access to internet but that doesn't mean that you don't have access to internet you're going to access internet maybe through a friend or through a cyber cafe that already has a constraint on how you will use or the expectations that you will have of the internet because your access is limited to the time you are lent the phone or the time you are able to pay for internet at the cyber cafe and like for example a girl born in to a middle class family say in the newcastle whose parents have paid for hotspot or wifi in the house and she has either a laptop or a computer or a tablet so so the fast thing that we learned is that your analog constraints have an impact on how your digital life is experienced used and expectations you have of it so and let's say you do have access to internet what do you see young people using the internet for the the way we we what we found out at the point of the study is that internet is basically an expressive space this is the space where i go to say oh look how i spent my weekend uh it's my birthday this is my birthday cake or i'm in this hustle look how my business is doing mm-hmm. and it's it's depends very much on the feedback so if i put my posts online and i don't get enough feedback or i don't get the feedback that i i want then i lose that validation and i lose my sense of belonging as a young person to be in that space. Mm-hmm. So, and is this like primarily through through WhatsApp or is it a combination of WhatsApp, Facebook? What what, what kind of what, what media are they using? The media that is most used uh, I mean used by youth is Facebook mm-hmm. and followed closely by WhatsApp. Instagram is catching up very very fast. And the reason why it's catching up very fast is because is instant and it, i mean you just go in post a, f- a photo and then you can see the reactions to that mm-hmm. photo and it speaks to the third insight that we came up with which is cost constraints as a major thing so so there there is scale at which instagram is picking up is much faster but it's faster in areas that are closer to urban settlements interesting so if when we went out farther out from the urban settlements we found less and less of instagram as we move closer to the town then we find more of instagram which is like almost riding at the same level with whatsapp mm-hmm. but facebook is basically universal it's like internet equals to facebook interesting and i heard this really crazy statistic well crazy to me which was that 99% of young people in rural areas have that of of the friends that they have online 99% are also their analog friends <laughs> which i think for urbanites is is really interesting cuz a lot of us have a lot more facebook friends so called friends than we do um real friends true and and that actually you're saying is crazy but it's a it's one of the things that we found as a as also a like an eye opening insight from this study because what we learned is that largely your analog complement shapes your digital experience and that cuts across what you do and who you network with and what you aspire hmm. that's Tell me from more. among young people so for instance and what you're speaking to is that if i have like 
20 classmates who live around my home area. We are literally in touch like every so often. So we will do pictures together, which we'll post on the Facebook. We will do gigs together. For example, if we are going to church, we have a music hall at the church. We'll be together and I'll be posting that on my Facebook page and you'll be liking them and you'll be perhaps uh, sharing them or commenting on them. And that becomes your community even online. Mm-hmm. And and. But that doesn't necessarily translate to... To an extended External. Community. Exactly. You, I mean, rarely do you have the community that is online larger than the community that is analog, that is following very, very rare mm-hmm. instances. Another another experience that goes to explain this, your analog complements and how it affects your, your shapes your digital life is around um, hustling. So we are very much interested in young people who have small businesses and we wanted to explore how the internet relates to their businesses. Mm -hmm. And we talked to quite a bit, a number of them. In all those that we found and talked to, yes, we're using the internet, but mainly to expand their businesses. So they had a small business in the analog life first, which lived independent of the internet life, and then probably went to show off something that happened in the business life, in the, in the analog life, sorry, in the internet. And mm-hmm. somehow then the internet escalated or gave them an opportunity to expand their business. In all the young people that we talked to who had businesses, none of them had got an idea to do the business from the internet. Interesting. So that has an implication on, in terms of like reaching new markets. They're not using the internet to, to access new markets. They're basically selling to the people that they know. Uh, to an extent, yes. To an extent, no, depending on the business you are in. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you a practical example. Uh one of the young men that we spoke to is a graphic designer. And he had been designing because it's it's what he loves doing. So in his, in his circle of friends, they know him as a guy who will turn something that you've spoken about into a picture. And then, I mean, a funny picture or a cartoon or something like that. And this he loved doing. And so one day... I mean, there's this uh, Kiambu politician who's always in the media for making the wrong, uh, I mean, language mistakes. I so guess you're not going <laughs> to tell us who that is. <laughs> exactly. And he drew a picture of him mm-hmm. and put some quote around it and posted that on his Facebook page. And the thing got viral. And the, 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 the politician got hold of it from a friend saying, oh, do you know this picture? Mm-hmm. And the, the politician hired this guy to do a portrait of him. And then the politician put it on his Facebook, on his Twitter handle, and everywhere. And out of that, he was able to be hired by an environment-related uh, um, environment NGO in Laikipia, which does a lot of communication through illustration. Of, of cartoons and illustrated messages, and he's actually a part-time worker on that. And because of his work with this NGO, now 
he has got the interest to actually learn more about how to illustrate messages and communicate through illustrations. And he has enrolled on an online course. He has a community which he engages with, some of whom come from as far as Japan, China. He's done work for people in Dubai. (laughs) But it's not come from internet to him. It started from the analog life that he led to the internet. Mm -hmm. So the internet is actually like expanding his business. It's growing his business. So we can't say that they're not growing markets from the internet. They're not originating markets from the, 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 the internet doesn't provide the original market. Mm-hmm. It just expands that market for you if you get to that level. So, and what are the cost implications? Because in, in this man's example, it, it sounds that it sounds like he had the enough money at least to continue to engage in the internet to expand his business not originally originally he so went to, with he went there to express yeah. himself i mean he did a fast cartoon of this politician it happened to be a politician by chance not by plan and then when he posts this politician the politician gets to land his picture and then when he gets a contract that's when he gets the resources. So when I talked about the analog constraints, so this young man lived with analog constraints, including limited opportunity, uh, access to a community, but he grew it later because of coincidence here and there, mm-hmm. not by plan. And so, but, but I want to speak to your question about costs as a constraint. One of the key findings from the research is that Costs actually shape all activity and drive the usage and behavior of young people on this on the digital space. And it, it limits access and it limits the duration that you spend there. And in that way, you, you find that with those who have limited financial ability, they are going into the internet quickly and out quickly to kind of like answer a call of nature in quotes <laughs> that I must be there to express myself. So I appear there, put my picture, then come out. Or I need to go and back and find out the feedback. So I log in quickly, check if anybody likes my thing and whatever comments have come in, I hit back on them and get out. Unlike those who have the compliments like education and other things, and money, who would go in and spend time exploring what is on offer in the internet. And they will not be thinking, oh, my bundles are getting finished. Because there's limited access, to, unlimited access to the internet, probably because they have a Wi-Fi at home, or they're within public spaces where internet is accessible. So they're exploring what can I do, or what can I learn, who is doing what I am interested in, they, they, they kind of, their world is wider. It gives them the wider opportunity to explore and, and spend much more time on the internet. And they have a higher expectation of the internet for them. Mm. And I'll give you an example again, if you allow me. Please. Um, we, we, we looked at people who earn their income from internet. And we, we found this girl who is promoting African cuisine 
so she loved cooking from the beginning but then and she went into the internet to kind of show her recipes but really not really recipes like she would take pictures of what she has cooked and then say oh i these are the ingredients and this is how i did it and she found people are asking oh tell us your recipe and then people were asking for like two weeks ago you put this picture up can you remind me what the ingredients were and from that demand from the expressive world she moved to create a page where she does recipes so then she moved to plan like every week i am going to write i'm going to write something and i'm going to post it and it's going to be on this recipe and now she earns her income actually from doing that she does research on african cuisine makes the food takes the pictures writes the recipes and makes recommendations on like if you're in this context you can replace this ingredient with this one and she but she had also other benefits she had other analog benefits for instance she's a graduate of a business school that's the first thing so that makes her see the opportunity to make money mm-hmm. from it secondly she'd been to employment and she didn't like it <laughs> so when she discovered that she could actually earn income from what she loved from home she was like oh this is the space very interesting and then thirdly she got parents who are educated her father is a professor her, her mother is a is a second school teacher so they were able to kind of coach her through and at one point they actually encouraged her to hire a coach who trained her on how to earn from her passion so again we coming to the point of your analog complements mm-hmm. really affect how you experience use and expectations that you would have of internet so internet alone on its own given to you without even the constraint of cost does not move you to mm-hmm. the space where you want to move to yeah Yeah. It does sound like I mean this woman is is an exception rather than a, a rule in rural areas. Um is there like do you see a more broader trend in terms of the difference in which um young men and young women use internet? Yeah, I I think there is. I mean like um more more of the women are on the internet. for the expressive benefits so that they can get social capital so mm-hmm. that I can look good among the girls that we talked to few are there to maybe promote what they do for business but again you'd have more men who are in doing business because mm-hmm. when you look at the age bracket that we work with which is 15 to 24 age that age bracket they are also socializing like growing their social life their sexual life and all that and within that space you find like in the rural areas the boyfriend is the one who buys the bundles and the girlfriend is the one who consumes the bundles <laughs> so i as a consumer girl i'm going to have more more freedom i mean to spend on the internet than the girl the boy who's looking for the 
money to fund me. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the boy would go in, quickly do his socialization and move out in order to search for money to, of course, fund the girl to do the business as well. So th- there are nuances around there. I wouldn't say there are really huge differences, but there are nuances around the girl and the boy use of the internet. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, very, there's a large rural. difference between the number of women or the percentage of women that have access to internet versus men in rural areas. Exactly. That's where I was going to say that in very, very rural areas, it's also the responsibilities that come with you being female that do not even allow you time to spend on on on, on your phone, even if you had access to a smartphone, mm-hmm. then you have several chores that you have to make do before you get time to be on social media. So that, again, has a constraint for how long, mm-hmm. for example, if you have access to. So there is, also, of course, the constraint of, like, do you have your own money to access a smartphone? Mm-hmm. So what would the one learning be for organizations that are interested in gender equality and like women's access to resources? Is it that they simply need more money in order to have access to the Internet in the first place? I, I mean, I think like we need to see more models of girls or women who are having an opportunity to make money from Internet mm-hmm. I mean, that needs to get more normalized. Right now, it looks like it's within the elite space. And it's um, it's like limited to women who have certain capabilities. So, and of course, you know that internet would still not thrive if your education levels are, are low. Mm-hmm. So we still need to invest in women's education levels. We still need to, ed- to invest in women's empowerment and we we need to kind of reassure and validate women as women that they have that capability to benefit mm-hmm. from the technological resource that internet is so then what would you say would be the implication for internet service providers in trying to reach um rural populations like would cheaper internet increase the development effect of access to the internet? Not the uh, cheap uh, internet alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there is a point we have to to, to, to to hammer home for those who are looking at internet accessibility as a way to uh, promote uh, economic welfare of rural populations. Mm-hmm. That the internet as it is currently being experienced or being being introduced and experienced is basically as an expressive space and not a place where I see the internet serving me. As as of now, serving me functionally, let mm-hmm. me say. I, I mean like for now it's a it's a consumer of my bundles where if I don't get social capital out of it, then what do I need it for? Mm-hmm. So as it is packaged currently, what it does is that it improves my availability to my network yeah. and it improves what my network sees me as, how, how, ne- how my network see my status as. And if that status doesn't bring me income, then 
I don't see how it's I'm going to spend if I'm an older woman in rural areas with constraints of maybe child upbringing and education and all that then I don't see the relevance of internet immediately. So access isn't everything and even if you do have access you aren't necessarily going to use it to access more resources. So it sounds like a very a mixed approach to behavioral change is required in a, in addition to increasing access. Interesting implications for both internet service providers and development actors and a well-told story who's kind of involved in in both. Um, for more on how young people use different media channels, please read Well-Told Stories 360 report, which will be coming out in the next month and that really follows trends over the last three years in terms of usage across the country. Evelyn, thank you so much for joining us here in the studio. Thanks, Nabila. You've been listening to the Well-Told Story Insights Podcast. You can find all of our previous podcast episodes along with blog posts, research, videos and more on our website, welltoldstory.co.ke. You can send feedback to our presenter Nabila Alibai on Twitter. But until next time from me producer Steph, thank you for listening to the Well Told Story Insights podcast. Mm-hmm.